him should receive because Jesus was not yet glorified, but he's been glorified. So you can receive that living water, amen, and never thirst again. Praise God. It's so good. Anybody got testimony for God tonight? Stand up and tell as if you've loved my Jesus. Sister Sue. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Sister Linda. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Lord, Lord, Lord. He hasn't lost his power. He's still good. Amen. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. He's an on-time God. He may not come when we want him, but he'll be there right on time. Amen. That's Job, somebody said. <laughs> he'll show up on time. Amen. Amen. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Amen. So we've been talking this month about growing in grace. And so hopefully, you know, some things are inspiring you and causing you to uh, grow and be inspired and be encouraged and be strengthened in the Word of God and the things of God. Amen. And each and every day to grow more and more to be like Him. Peter tells us in Second Peter 3.18, but grow in the knowledge and in the grace. Of God, Amen, Amen. Growing the grace and the knowledge of God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to Him be glory now and forever and ever. So we got to grow. Everything that God gives us, we take it, we move it forward, we add to it, we just keep growing and growing and growing because He wants us to be perfected. He's moving us to perfection. So we've been talking about Paul told Timothy, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace. Amen. Second Timothy 2, 1. He says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that worth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Amen. Grace is not only defined as God's unmerited love, it has also been defined as his divine influence operating in our lives. Amen. And that's the biggest, you know, the picture that I always walk away with this is that influence, God's influence in my life. What does people see in me that's more like Christ? Is, is that's what I want to try to live that way. I want to try to conduct myself that way. And I want to be 
exactly what his word tells me to be. I was sharing with some folks and I was saying, you know, when we look at holiness, amen, when we study God's word, usually in times past, as you start out, usually you think of holiness as outward appearance and, and refraining from this and this and this and this. And that is true. We do. That is holiness. But when you get into the word of God and you begin to study the word of God, you begin to see things that God brings to your forefront so that you can see that he says, hey, have you considered this? Or have you looked at this that you might want to back away from that as well? Amen. When I look at God's grace and his love and his mercy that he has given, as we said a couple of weeks ago, some of the effects of that grace is that it should cause you to be obedient. It should cause you to be obey God's word because when you look at God's word, and as we looked at Sunday a little bit, I think it was when I was reading Deuteronomy 28, and Moses tell the children of Israel, if you obey, these are all the blessings that's going to flow down to you. Amen. And, and you stop and think about all the things that God has for us, and he wants to give us. You know, and so therefore, we need to get into that habit of obeying. God's Word. Amen. He's our Father. He, he loves us. He cares for us. And everything that I see through the Scriptures, having read it constantly over and over and over, everything I read, He has for me is something good. He, he's taking me to even more things that are better. You know, He's opening more wisdom. He's opening more knowledge, more understanding. He's, he's teaching me how uh, to, to do right and to be right and to live right and to serve right is, is, is some things I'm seeing that he, He's doing in my life. Amen. And it's causing me to want to serve Him more. You know, there was one point I, I thought I was getting to that point where I was ready to retire, you know, and ready to say, man, I could kick back and relax. But as I started studying this lesson on grace even more, you know, I, I find myself wanting to labor more and work more and to do more and, and just, you know, just keep running the race. You know, I don't want to be like the rabbit in the hare and, you know, and the, well, you know the story when you're learning, you know, the tourist and the rabbit and the rabbit's like, man, I'm just fast. You know, I can just chill out, you know, and win this race. I can take a nap and you know, wake up and I'll beat him to the finish line. But when the rabbit wakes up, what's happened? The total is crossing the line, you know, and stuff. So I don't want to lay back. I don't want to. It's now is not the time. As I heard an old song. I can't remember the artist. Maybe it'll come to me later. But it says, uh, I don't want to just lay back and take a chill pill, you know. I I just want to keep, you know, looking and pressing on to the mark. I want to I want to be ready. And so to me, that's what God's grace. When I see what He has done for me, you know, Paul says, "By grace are you saved, and not of works, lest any man should boast." It is the gift of God. So God has given us this precious gift of grace, Amen, to cause us to realize how good He really is. And so it will keep us, you know, energized. As, as we said last week, is grace is kind of like the fuel that, you know, pushes our obedience to keep us going forth and looking uh, unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. And so we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Think about it. You know, we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear God. He, he's not like that. You know, you can come. You know, you're... 
and I think I may have said this a couple of times around here. You ever notice how bold Moses is? The God? You know, okay, you're going to kill them, take my picture, take me out of the picture too. Whoa. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, I, I like some of the conversations God is having with Moses. And God says, Moses, your people. And Moses says, oh, no. <laughs> They're yours. <laughs> They're back and forth. And then God says to Moses, he says, okay, Moses, you go get them and you take them. And I'm not going with you. I'm going to send an angel with you. No, I ain't working that way, God. You ain't going. We ain't going either. (laughs) I'm going to send an angel with you. No, you ain't going. I ain't going. We ain't going if you ain't going. That should be the attitude. You know, you know, you're dad. (laughs) You know, so we, we need to realize how good God really, really, truly is to us. Amen. And so. And it should cause us, as, as, the, as the scripture says, you know, we can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen. When we need it, it'll be there for us. You know, we stock up on it. We go to the storehouse and we get full of these things that God has for us so that we, we, when we need something, we know it's going to always be there. Yeah, I mean, we store it up. There's cold days or that might come or bad times might come, but I can always have it stored up in me. You know, Paul says in Second Corinthians, he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. He says, we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but not despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down. We're not destroyed. We're always bearing about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Christ might be manifested in us. Amen. So we go through things in our lives, but that's okay. Amen. It, it, we're going to a better place. And that's why Paul is telling Timothy, you have to learn how to endure hardness as a good soldier. You know, soldier stands in the cold. They stand in the, in the rain. They crawl in the mud, you know. They don't get to choose the territory they want to fight on. They would love to, but you never know where your enemy is going to pop up from. And you have to be ready, amen, to endure hardness. I mean, sometimes you go through some things. Sometimes you, you're, you know, being a soldier, sometimes you, you get sick. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes you lose good friends and all these things. And I mean, you know, you ever seen one of your buddies in combat get killed? You know, it's uh, like, oh, you know, it takes the wind right out of your cell, you know, and stuff. But you have to keep pressing. You just have to keep moving forward. You have to keep going on, you know, and that's the, that's the, the thing. If you look at the apostles, amen, you know, how would you feel? You lose your commander. You stop and think about it. You know, they lost their commander, Jesus. You know, he was taken from them. He was crucified. He was beaten. He, you know, he went through all the things he went through, you know. And, you know, they was, they was heartbroken. They was downtrodden. They was hurt, you know. And what did they do? They wanted to go back to the old ways of life. They says, you know, we just knew he was the one, you know. Uh, the guy's on the road to Emmaus, you know, but as he appeared to them at the resurrection, you know, and he, and he begins to explain to them, you know, that, hey, this was preordained, you know, and so and as a result, 
you know, you got he, he basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but he tells him, look, you got to pick yourselves up. You know, you got to pick yourself up and you've got to go on. You know, and as a result, they got in there. Go to Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power from on high. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled all the houses that were sitting. And there appeared in them cloven tongues like a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Man, they spilled out in the street. Amen. Boom. Power. Amen. Amen. And they never look back from that standpoint. Amen. And that's the way we have to be. That's the way good soldiers do. You've been empowered. You've been endured with power from on high. You know, so now we get into the streets. Now we go forth. Now we are sharing this truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, we obtain mercy. Number two on your paper, point two, we look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. You know, when you look at Hebrews 11, and I was talking a little bit about this last week, you know, when you follow the faith chapter in Hebrews 11, you know, it starts out to encourage us. You know, when you come out of the 10th chapter, it tells you not to cast away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward, but you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet in a little while, he that will come will come, will not tarry, now the just shall live by faith. Then he goes on, he says... Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen was not made by the things which doth appear. By faith, Abel offered the God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he received testimony that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by them he be dead, yet speaking by faith. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, because God translated him. Amen. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. For without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them to diligently seek him. And then it goes on, it talks about Noah. Then it talks about Abraham. Then it talks about Sarah. Then it talks about Abraham offering up Isaac. Then it talks about, you know, the death, you know, of, of Isaac and Abraham and Jacob, you know, and Joseph. And then it talks about Moses, you know. Then it talks about Joshua and the Red Sea. Then it talks about Rahab, you know. And then it goes on and talks about the time will fail me to tell of uh, the patriots, David, you know, and Samson and all of those guys, right? And then, and then he lists all these things, all these witnesses. That's what the 11th chapter is, is all, a bunch of witnesses. You know, that's what he's talking about. And then we come to the 12th chapter. He says, since therefore we, wherefore we see we have so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which does us so easily beset us, and let us run with patience, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him which endures such contradiction of sinners, lest you be weary 
and faint in your own mind. So consider Jesus. Look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. He's the example of faith that He will perfect our faith if we obey Him and look unto Him. See, grace should cause us to constantly look unto Jesus. That's why the Scripture says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Under the old dispensation, the only person could go to the throne was the high priest. But that veil has now been rent. Now we have free access to walk boldly to the throne. We can come to Jesus. Amen. We can come boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy, obtain mercy and find help in the time of need. So we want to look unto Him continually. Amen. I must value the grace that He's given me. I must value the blessings, the benefits, everything that God has given us. We must value it. We, we must realize it's from Him. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and coming down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness nor shadows of turning. See, if I don't value what God gives me, I will just throw it away. I, I, won't, I won't value it. Anymore, but you, you, we can't be like Esau. He didn't value his birthright, and when he wanted it, the Bible says he couldn't find it. Do he sought for it with tears? Amen. I want everything that God has given me. Amen. I value it. Every little bit of knowledge, every little bit of wisdom, every little bit of things that God does for me, I value it. I give Him thanks. I give Him and praise. So we look to Jesus, who is our example of faith. Amen. He endured all the way to the cross. And so we can come to Him. Look at Matthew 11, 28-30. Matthew 11, 28-30. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You tired of working? Y'all well <laughs> take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. See, so if I link up with him, he does everything. He gives me rest. He gives me peace. He keeps me what? Perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed upon Him. See, I have excess. I can come boldly. You know, this is what Paul is trying to get us to see in Romans 5. He says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And not only so, we have access. Romans 5, 1 and 2. We have access into what? The grace wherein we stand. Think about it. And we do what? We fall off the cliff? Romans 5, 1 and 2. What do we do? We have peace with God. By whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand. What do we do? Huh? We rejoice. Get excited. He saved me. <laughs> he poured me 
out of the darkness. And then he set my feet, as the Sumter said, on a rock and established my goings. See? Think about where I was and what he's done. I get excited. That's what Paul says, Philippians. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And I say rejoice. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. See, if I'm tired, if I'm worn, see, then I need to yoke, excuse me, up with Jesus. See? I want to rejoice. I don't want to hang my harp on the willow. I want to worship Him. I want to rejoice in the Lord. I want to be excited in the Lord. Always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Look to Jesus. When you're going through things, don't look down at the ground. Look to Jesus. Lift up holy hands. The Bible tells you that hang down and praise the Lord. Because whosoever prays glorifieth me, and to him that order his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God. So I want to worship him. I want to joy in his presence constantly. Amen. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah. And I thank God for saving me. So Come unto me. Amen. He says, come to me. If, you, if you're tired, if you're resting, you can't handle it, come on. Yoke up with me. Paul says in Galatians 6, 9, Let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we'll reap if we think not. Don't quit. Don't give up. Amen. You never know how close you are until you quit. That's one more step. You could have been there. Amen. One more try. You might have got that job. One more try. You know, you could have received the Holy Ghost. One more try. You could have been delivered. Amen. Come on. Amen. Don't, don't give up. Amen. Isaiah 45, 21 and 22. God says, tell ye, bring them near. Yay. Let them take counsel together. Who have declared this from ancient time? Who have told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Man, what a God. None beside Him. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God. And there is none else. Without Him we cannot be saved. Without Him we cannot be delivered. Without Him we cannot be healed. Without Him we cannot be set free. Amen. I can have a billion dollars. If God don't intervene in my behalf and my life, it is absolutely useless. You know? I can't buy my salvation. I can't. Amen. I can have all the money in the world. It ain't going to get me into heaven. 
You know, I have to look unto him who is the author and the finisher of my faith. He's the only God. Amen. There's none like me. I will not give my glory to another. Just look unto me. Yoke up, yoke up with me, saith the Lord. Isaiah 55, 1 through 7. Oh, everyone that thirst, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? For that which satisfieth not, hearken diligent unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness, and climb your ear, and come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. For behold, I have given him as a witness to the people, and a leader, and a commander to the people. Amen. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou doest not, and nations that knew thee not shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel. For he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. God will always forgive. You can't get too far from God. Amen. Look unto Him. Call upon Him. His grace is sufficient. His mercy endureth forever and ever. This is why we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. Beloved, I am persuaded, Hebrews 6, 9, I am persuaded of better things of you, things that accompany salvation, though we not speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown unto His name, and you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the fullness of the assurance of the hope unto the end. Amen. Because when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless thee and multiplying. I will multiply thee. And so after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Amen. He obtained the promise. And the scripture goes on and says, We have an anchor of hope, which is sure and steadfast. Jesus Christ, who's made a high priest after the order and Melchizedek, amen, God of righteousness and the God of peace, amen, was Melchizedek. So we can link up with him. We can look to him.
John Gill in his commentary says, He is to be looked into as the Son of God, whose glory is the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. As the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, as the only mediator between God and man, as the Savior and Redeemer of lost sinners, and consider in all His office and relations under all circumstances, He is to be looked to. When in the dark, look to Him for light. When dead and lifeless, look to Him for life. When weak, look to Him for strength. When sick, look to Him for healing. When hungry, look to Him for food. When disconsolate, look to Him for comfort. For none ever look to Him and are shame or disappointed. They have what they look for. And as it is profitable, so pleasant to look to Jesus. And He Himself is well pleased with it, and therefore here encourages to it, adding, and, and ye shall be saved. So look to me, God says, and you shall be saved. Praise God. Notice, when you look at Isaiah 38, when God told Isaiah to go tell Hezekiah to set his house in order that he was going to die and not live, what did Hezekiah do? He looked to God. He went to God in prayer. And amen. And he called to God. And God forgave him. And as a result, God sent Isaiah back and said, go tell him he's not going to die. He's going to live. And as a result, I'm going to give him 15 extra years, praise God, because He's a God that will pardon. He's a God that cares. He's a God that will forgive. So look unto Him and be ye saved. Amen. All the ends of the earth. I am God. Amen. He knows what you're going through. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, amen, we know the story of, of King Jehoshaphat when he was told King Jehoshaphat that Ammon and, and Moab and, and Mount Seir was coming out against them. And Jehoshaphat went to the Lord in prayer. He sought the Lord. And he says, God, in verse 11 I think it is, he says, we don't have strength for them, but we're looking unto you. Because we don't know what to do. Amen. And notice what the Lord does. He speaks to the man of God and tells him, says, the battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. Amen. And as a result, God delivered them. And he will deliver you. He will deliver me. He cannot lie. His word is ever established. When we look to Him, when we yoke up with Him, amen, God has our best interests at heart, amen. Look what David says in Psalms 121. He says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. Psalms 121. He says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Amen. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. He that keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. Amen. Think about it. The Lord is the keeper. He's the shade of the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve thee. The Lord will preserve thee from evil. He shall preserve thy soul. 
the Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen. Just look to it. I will lift up my eyes into the hills. My help cometh from the Lord. Praise God. He's not going to suffer you to be moved. He, he can't lie. He, he's promised you, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Amen. As the Lord told Peter when he says, Peter says, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. He says, come on. Peter stepped out of the boat. Then when the wind and the waves started boasting up against him, he took his eyes off the Lord and he began to sink. And he cried, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached and grabbed him. He says, why did you doubt? He's not going to let you go down. He's got you. Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. So just hang on in there. Amen. This grace, is, is, it just opens up the window so that you can see. Yeah, that's what salvation does is it opens your eyes. See, we were blinded to the truth. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, 4, If this gospel is hid, it's hid to them who's lost. And whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest this glorious gospel of the Lord should be revealed. But see, when God saves us, the scales falls off, and now we see clearly. As Paul says, we used to look through a glass darkly, but now we see face to face. Amen. So therefore, we should be able to see what God is doing for us and on our behalf and how much He loves us, how much He cares for us. And it should propel us to just get excited more about this thing, this race we're running. Remember that old song, Lord, I'm running, trying to make a hundred, ninety-nine and a half, won't do. Lord, I'm running, trying to make a hundred, ninety-nine and a half, won't do. Ninety-eight, won't do. Ninety-nine, won't do. Got to have a hundred. <laughs> Amen. We got to keep running. Amen. Keep going. Don't stop. Amen. It's when your heart is hit that you must not quit. Amen. Don't give up. I was reading a book once, and I guess so Winston Churchill, it says that he was at, at one of his, uh, England's military academy uh, graduation, and, you know, they go through all the other hubbalah and everything to get ready for the guest speaker to come. And so all these people was out there and they was waiting on him to get ready to say his speech and everybody was there because, you know, he was getting ready to speak and they introduced him and he walks up to the podium and he gets there and all he says is, never, never quit. And went and sat down. Amen. Don't ever quit. Amen. I won't leave you, God says. So this grace should propel us. And yet when we look at God's promises, He always, amen, begins to let us know how much He cares for us. In Exodus 20 and verse 2, God begins with these words, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of a bondage. Amen. He tells him, I was with you. 
I brought you out. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. And so we have to continue to trust Him and believe in Him. Amen. He lights our way. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And that light opens up and it reveals so much more. Amen. That's what the light does. Hey, that's why you get excited every time you read your Bible. <laughs> you know, you see stuff that every year, if you're like me, you see something that you didn't see the year before. A little bit opens up more and you go, wow. You know, and as a result, he's, he's revealing more and more and more so that you keep wanting more. Say, and all he's doing, what God is doing, because he knows you want more, you know all he's doing? He's just dropping little crumbs, you know, to lead you to the house. You know, to take you to home front is all he's doing. Yeah. That's why all these stories are in there. Clouds of witnesses. You know, don't give up. You know, just keep moving forth and God is going to get us to the other side. Amen. Praise God. He's that living water that we can drink. See, when, when seeds are planted, they have to have two things to grow. Actually, three things to grow. They got to have dirt, they got to light, and they got to have water. And they grow. See, when God drops that seed in us, you know, we have the dirt. And then he gives us his light and his water. You know, the living water, the Holy Ghost. And, amen. He washes us with the water of the word and we grow. We just keep springing up in him. Amen. Number three, we cultivate and exercise brotherly love. Once we receive his love, now we share that love. In John thirteen thirty four and 35, Jesus says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this shall all men know you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. See, love is, is one of those things that, you know, God brings to us. Because usually in the world, we, we live in that hateful state, you know, a lot. And see, and he wants us to change that. Because if we don't love people, we won't share the love of God. You know, James tells us in James 2, I think it's verse 8 and 9, might be. If you fulfill the royal law, according to Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and is convinced of the law as a transgressor. See, we have to love because... The way we share the gospel is through love. And we find through Scripture, in, in the book of Proverbs, I think it's 1824, it might be, I'm not for sure, but somebody can find me and correct me. Okay, but it says, love, does what? It covers all sins. Think about it. Lock that in your purse, in your hip pocket. Love covers all sin. 
Hey, I was way off. I was, man, I would have missed that target. Amen. But think about it. Hatred starts up strife, but love covers all sins. Now go to 1 John. Keep that thought in your mind. Now go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Start with verse 7 through verse 11. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God. See, so if I know God, if I say I'm born again, then I'm supposed to know God. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory. See, God, Almighty God, is love. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. Because God is love. See, so if God is love, and neither is there salvation in any other, and no man can forgive sins but God, do you see how love covers all sin? If I come to him, I can come to him with all kinds of sin, and he's willing to forgive me and cleanse the slate. Because his mercy endureth forever. That's why Peter says on the day of Pentecost, for the promise is to you and to your children. And to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, everybody can have the same promise. Amen. Because God is love. Calvary speaks of His love. Amen. And He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Look unto me. Link up with me. Amen. God is love. Verse 9. Amen. And this was manifest the love of God towards us. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Verse 10. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. That's what grace does. His love propels me now to love others, to share this precious truth of the gospel that Jesus Christ died for my sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. I want them to have the same promise. I want them to have the same gifts. I want them to receive the same thing. This is what Paul tells us, to present the truth in love. Amen. Give them God in love because love covers the multitude of sins. Amen. All sins. See, and so we want to be able to share this precious truth with 
others. Amen. Paul goes on in Philippians chapter 2, Philippians 2, verse 1. If there be any consolation in Christ, if there be any comfort of love, if there be any fellowship of the Spirit, if there be any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being in one accord of one mind. Remember on the day of Pentecost, they was all in one accord in one place. So he says we need to make sure we have the same love. Amen. If God loved me and God loved you, we're supposed to have the same love because he's love. I can't have a different God than you. Hear Israel, the Lord our God is one. Jesus is Jehovah's salvation. There is no other God. Look unto me and be saved, for there is none else. Without me, you cannot be saved, said Jesus. Amen. He's the maker of all things. He's the creator of heaven and earth. Fulfill me a joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Amen. Lift up people. Edify people. Amen. Prefer the best seat to the next person. Let them have the chicken breast, and you take the leg. <laughs> no way. <laughs> huh? Eat the chicken feet. <laughs> Leave the toenails on it. <laughs> look not every man on his own things, but let every man look on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, brought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross, wherefore God also have highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and tremor. For it is God which work in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Amen. Praise God. So we keep working. We show forth his love in our lives. First Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. In other words, just making noise. I've got to have love. Although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and although I have all faith that I can remove a mountain and I don't have love, I am absolutely nothing. 
And although I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profited me nothing. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Amen. Does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not others own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endure all things. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecy, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Amen. But when that which is perfect is come then that which is in part shall be done away. Amen. Think about it. Now about it. Faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest of these is love. Why? Because God is love. The greatest is God. Nothing's greater than God. The greatest of all this is charity. Amen. And this is what covers. You see, so we have to cultivate. You know, we got to make it grow. You know, there's a machinery. When I was a kid, they used to call it a cultivator. It goes through and it breaks up all the little clods of dirt and gets out all the weeds and everything. You little spikes and it just clicks it in. And to make the field looks good and pretty and clean. See? And so we have to get in there with the Word of God and turn this earth over so that the seed of love can grow, amen, in our lives so that the things of God is growing in us so that we can have some fruit to give to others, to reproduce more seed. You know, the more I give away, the more I'm going to have grow. Amen. That's what He wants us to do. So we share the truth of the gospel when we realize His grace, His love, His mercy, His forgiveness, all these things He does for us when we share it with others. Amen. And edify and build up the kingdom of God. God just continues to do more and more and more for us as well. Amen. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. Amen. Praise God. Lord asked Peter, he said, Simon, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. He said, feed my lambs. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Feed my sheep. Amen. So if we love him, let's feed his sheep. Let's share this truth. Let's share this gospel. Amen. So that others can also rejoice in the things that we have received of him as well. Amen. Praise God. Glory be to Jesus. So we keep growing in grace. Hallelujah.
Try to have the seed. Share more seed. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Father, we praise you. God, we magnify you. We exalt you again. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your kindness, your love towards us. Your healing touch, oh God, your delivering power. Oh God, I pray for your people. Lord, keep your hand upon each and every one of them. God, continue to guide them. Direct them, O oh God. Order their steps according to thy perfect will and way, O oh God. Keep our hearts and minds stayed upon you in all things, God. We truly love you and we truly thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.